Welcome to This Week in Intelligent Investing, where we examine timely and timeless investing topics to help you become a better investor. Enjoy authentic, unscripted discussion featuring Phil Ordway, Elliot Turner, and other thought-leading investors. Brought to you by MOI Global. And now, here's your host, John Michalczewicz. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of This Week in Intelligent Investing. Um, excited to have with me Phil Ordway and Elliot Turner. Today, uh, we'll do a little bit of a different kind of episode because it's actually our season wrap uh, of sorts. So we will talk a little bit about some of the topics and lessons uh, learned uh, during this season. We'll highlight uh, some of those and uh, basically... Uh, just leave you with our impressions of season one. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, also we will uh, take a, a summer break on the podcast until uh, about Labor Day. Uh, so early September, um, just to give everyone a little bit of time to uh, to think about how we can make the podcast even better next season. But we're very excited to be back um, after this uh, summer break. So let's start with uh, with you, Phil. What do you got? Yeah, thanks, John. So it's hard to believe that it's been a year. When you mentioned that the other day, I had to kind of pause and think about it. It's amazing how quickly a year has gone by and how many episodes we've been able to record since then. And and I've really loved it. I mean, I you know, for anyone who missed the discussion a couple of weeks ago, you know, the genesis of this whole thing and, and all the credit really goes to John because you know he came to me about. A year ago, and obviously Elliot um, as well, and said, "Hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this podcast. Would love to have you join it." And without his urging me to do it, I, I would have never. This is something that I would have never done on my own. And I'm really glad John did. So it's like a lot of things, at least for me in life, where I need that little bit of a push, and I need somebody that I like and trust to kind of, you know, nudge me in the right direction. Because otherwise, I at least personally find it really easy to just sit there and, and crank away on more, you know, traditional kind of work stuff without taking a pause for something like this, which has been really great. I mean, I, I really enjoyed getting to know Elliot more and, and learning more about the way he thinks about investing. I really enjoyed the various guests we've had on. Um, I'll, I'll talk about some of those in a minute. Um, I really enjoyed the process of it. It actually reminds me a lot of uh, the MBA class that I teach where we, we've talked about that in the last couple of weeks as well, where again, like, one of the one of my old professors, you know, came to me about four years ago and said, "Hey, you know, I got this class approved, and I, I want you to teach it." And I would have never, in a million years, dreamed of doing something like that without that push. But the process of it is what's actually been good. I mean, yes, it's painful to have to kind of stick to that schedule every once in a while, and yes, the preparation can sometimes be a little more than I wanted on a given day or something like that, but it, it forces you to sharpen your thinking. It forces you to refine your thoughts. It forces you to have to learn how to think on your feet and to speak clearly without a lot of nonsense and dribble and garbage coming out of your mouth when you can't think of anything better to say. So I've, I've really enjoyed that process. That practice has been really good for me. And uh, so, yeah, I just want to say thank you to both of you guys. I, I've really enjoyed it. It's, it's been fun so far, and I'm looking forward to what we can do next year to make it even better. Yeah, likewise. Uh, Elliot, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, this has been an awesome experience. You know, I feel like um, one of the last things I did before uh, COVID hit was join you, John, at Idea Week in Switzerland. And 
being around people, being challenged to think about things, pulling my ideas together. You know, I found it so helpful. And then we went to the solitude of COVID. And through your urging, John, and through making the introduction with Phil and in the beginning, Chris, on this, you know, it, it's been like I've found a tribe, I've found community through it. Um, I've processed thoughts in ways that I maybe might not have like sat down deliberately to do in advance. And, you know, it's been great to get to know Phil. We didn't know each other before this at all, really. And, uh, you know, I'd read uh, some interviews and had seen some of uh, Phil's presentations at MOI, but, you know, bonding over shared interests and just like enjoying the infinite game and intellectual puzzle of investing has been really cool. So, um, you know, just so happy this all came together. And I've loved so many of the topics that I've gotten to cover on my own and topics that uh, Phil has put on my plate. Um, you know, a couple that I think about a lot are collecting as a framework and holding two competing ideas. Um, you know, so it's just really fun. And I feel like when we come back in the fall, we have uh, some opportunity to kind of take what we've done and push deeper into topics, but maybe also try some new things that that could be pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. That's one of the things I have on my list of resolutions for next year, which is for the next season, I should say, which is, I think to make this good, you have to put some work into it, right? And we're all balancing other things, right? Our quote unquote real jobs and family and all that kind of stuff. But I think a little bit more prep time would go a long way because I think the episodes that I put more time and effort and thought into turned out even better. And I've got a list of some of those I'll go through in a minute. I also made a note to be even more open-minded. I try to be open-minded all the time. I, it's hard to evaluate how successful I am in that regard, but I think, you know, batting around ideas with you guys every week, if it does nothing else, it just keeps pointing me back to how little I actually know and how much I need to keep retesting my own ideas and keep throwing out my own you know, bad ideas or the ideas that have been proven wrong because you guys have come at it from a different angle or a better angle. I think that's just hugely important. I want to do more interviews uh, too. I've got a couple uh, lined up already that I think are, will be really good. Um, the author, Roger Lowenstein, uh, one of the best business writers of all time, in my opinion, has a new book coming out this fall and uh, he's, he's going to be coming on to talk about that and hopefully we'll have a few more people like that coming out. I think the interviews are, are great. Um, I really enjoyed the interviews that, that Elliot did. He did a better job of that this, this season than I did. Um, I particularly liked the one we did with David Barr, which at Pender, which was kind of all of us at once. I thought that was a really fun discussion. I think we can probably incorporate a few more of those type of guest discussions in there as well. There's, there's so many smart people out there that we can learn from. I think that could be a really good way to do it. And then, you know, I also want to just work on spending some time over the next few weeks going back to the episodes where we did a good job or a poor job and figuring out what could be improved. So frankly, as part of the, the prep process, I didn't go back and listen closely to a lot of the episodes that we put out in terms of listening to them with a critical ear for what could have been improved, you know, both in terms of my own presentation and cadence and and the language I'm using, all that sort of thing that, that can certainly be improved. So that that's some of the stuff that I'm looking forward to improving for next season. Yeah, I've had this policy of not listening to myself after the fact, because every time we finish recording, I'm like, oh, God, at that juncture, I should have said 
whatever it may have been. And, um, you know, I was starting to drive myself crazy the first couple of weeks, but, um, I think there's definitely something to learn about how maybe now that I've had some distance to reflect and think about ways that could be better at this. Yeah, it's hard, right? I think it's, it's not like reviewing a draft of something you're writing, which I can do pretty easily and pretty endlessly if I'm not careful. That just kind of comes naturally. This when it's out of your mouth, it's kind of gone. And so it's tough and, and it's hard to improve deliberately for next time. But I was actually listening to somebody about a week ago who is a TV host uh, in the sports world. He's a former athlete and he was talking about how hard it is to go on TV and get the thoughts that he has to convey out of his mouth properly at the right time with the right inflection, with the right context behind it. And it's good preparation. I mean, again, just as I think writing is is a good discipline to take up for anybody who's trying to think, because if you can't write clearly, chances are you're not thinking clearly. I think the same proves to be true for public speaking. And this is a form of that, albeit a little bit different form of that. But um, and to your point, Elliot, you know, I, I've really enjoyed this too, because it's just been such a strange year. I mean, almost the entire last 12 months under the, under the pall of COVID and, and being somewhat isolated and alone, this was a really great way to connect with people and, and keep in touch with you guys. So I'm certainly grateful for that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I second Elliot on, on not listening to your own uh, audio recording. I think uh, that actually keeps me doing these things. Otherwise, I'd probably... Uh, be too embarrassed, <laughs> but uh, so that's uh, that's a policy of mine. Um, I, I guess what I'd also just encourage everyone listening is to give us more topic ideas, send in questions, kind of unsolicited, really. Um, at any point, um, all three of us are active on Twitter. Uh, there's also a Twitter account for the podcast, uh, TWIII underscore podcast and you can tweet to any of us and uh and we'll you know start kind of uh keeping a list of topics and questions that uh that uh, you guys listening are particularly interested in because this obviously is uh the three of us uh, talking about things that interest us but it's also about uh talking about things that that are um of value to everybody listening so i definitely encourage uh, everyone to uh to be active on that yeah, I, I agree, by the way. I think we did. That's one of the things that I'm proud of. And we picked up kind of late, maybe, but we did, I think, get some really good input and questions and feedback from the listeners. And I'm very grateful to everybody that reached out to me, both publicly and privately. I've actually gotten some really good feedback uh, via email and phone calls that I've had with people that I think have really helped improve uh, things here. And that's I'm very grateful for that. So thank you to everybody who's done that. And I hope we do get a lot more direct and indirect questions and topics and suggestions. Uh, for next year. And so with that in mind, I actually thought, here's a here's a brief uh, review of some of my favorite topics and episodes uh, from the last year. I think one of the very first ones we did, th- th- these dates are all, uh, they coincide with what's listed as the official release date, which I think was generally every Saturday. Uh, but if you go to the website, or on Podbean or whatever aggregator you use, you should see these dates sync up. So on the 31st of July last year, uh, one of the topics I discussed was corporate governance and capital allocation. And this continues to me, for me at least, is one of the most fascinating topics in investing that's that's really current. I mean, it's in a lot of ways great to see this debate about stakeholder capitalism and ESG stuff all come into the forefront. But I think the G gets way too little weight 
in the ESG debate. And I think general corporate governance is still kind of stuck in the dark ages as compared to, you know, financial sophistication or operations management, all, all of the things that business has done to make such dramatic improvements over the last 10, 20, 30 years. It, it's stunning to me that governance doesn't seem to be quite up to the same standard. And you marry that with its twin brother capital allocation. And that really, to me, is the, is the common link between most of the great companies in the world. And so the conversation that, that flowed from that, which was a couple of weeks later on August 21st um, with Larry Cunningham, the interview I did, where we talked about that whole kind of triumvirate of key forces and the, the initiative to attract quality stakeholders um, was really one of the favorite, one of the highlights for me over the years, over the last year. And Larry's launching a new initiative on, on quality shareholders. He's got a website dedicated to that. He's obviously written a ton about that. I'd encourage everybody to check out his writing on that. And obviously, a lot of it stems from the essays of Warren Buffett, which, of course, is the great original uh, source on the topic. So I, to me, that's just, just such an enduring concept. So it's such an important set of concepts. And it's something that I'm sure we'll be revisiting uh, next year as well. Another favorite of mine was the psychology of human misjudgment. Uh, that was uh, toward the end of August, August 28th of last year. And that, of course, refers to Charlie Munger's famous uh, speech on the topic flowing from the concepts that back then were somewhat obscure, uh, kind of predating a lot of the work that, that Danny Kahneman and Amos Tversky were publishing around the same time, uh, Bob Cialdini's work in the, in the field. And, and really just one of the more enduring sources of business wisdom that I've ever read. And my effort, I think back in 2017, John, is that right? At one of your conferences where I tried to update some of those examples with more current examples. And again, that's just such an enduring uh, project. It's never going to get old. It's never going to fall out of style. It's never going to be a factor that rotates out of favor. It's just such an enormously um, awesome thing. And I, I want to keep in, keep in touch and stay on that one as well. And then another one that, that was back in the early days that you guys might have missed was, was the blind valuations that we did. Those were kind of, we rolled those out a couple of times in September and October of last year. And it was just really funny how much you guys totally nailed that. Um, Chris in particular back then got one exactly right. I won't spoil it for anybody if they want to go back and listen, but that was pretty cool. That was amazing. All, yeah, all three of you guys really nailed that. So it was a pretty cool exercise. It's something I've done in my MBA class. It's something I do with friends at cocktail parties when it's a particularly nerdy audience. It's just a great way to kind of like open your mind to what the numbers and the facts are really telling you compared to what the narrative is telling you and, and the way things are going. So those are three early ones I would I would point you guys toward. What about you, Elliot? Did you have any favorites? Yeah. So I similarly went through reflecting on a few of them. I'd say um, there were like a few different kinds of podcasts that each had their own standout moments. Like Big thank you to each of the guests I had independently in one-on-one -on -one interviews, Isaac Schwartz, Evan Tindall, and Mario Sabelli. I got educated in topics I was keenly interested in exploring, and so it was valuable for me to do. And it was a great experience having guests who were amenable to being my guinea pigs as I learned whether I'm capable of doing this or not. So um, those were very, very cool. And then, you know, some ones I did, I'd say were like fleshing out ideas I'd wanted to write about in my letters. And it was quite helpful to introduce the topics and speak with you smart gentlemen about it uh, and reinforced certain perspectives and got me to think about some things in, you know, slightly different ways. And I thought that was helpful. Um, my favorites, like going back, talking about reverse DCF as a starting point in the process. 
um, you know, is good. Something I talk about in general that I have core to my process, but forcing me to sit down and think it through in presentation mode was very different than how I'd formulated it in other times. And I thought that was helpful. Um, slow hunches was one where, you know, you come out of reading a book and you want to reinforce certain concepts in your mind. And that was like putting it out there in that way made it a concept that sticks with me independently and totally on its own. Um, and one that is sometimes when you see something, you tend, when you understand something, you tend to see it a little too often, but it's helped me articulate cases where I'm seeing it. And, uh, I've, I've enjoyed that. Um, talking about the capital cycle was a good one. GameStop. That was an important one because I felt it was the one where I had a message I wanted to share as opposed to just, you know, doing something. So hopefully someone out there might've saved themselves some angst or thought about a situation that took on a greater meaning than the actual events warranted. Um, so hopefully, hopefully that was the case. Um, I like talking about being polarizing. That's one of those ideas that I was like fleshing out for writing myself and talking it through made me realize some of the sides I hadn't considered going into it. And, um, you know, I, I think one of the cool things about having a podcast as opposed to writing it is you could put forward ideas before they're fully baked in your mind. So not necessarily absolving the work in advance, but just having something that's still crystallizing. And when you speak it through, it takes on different meaning to you uh, internally. So I thought that was one in particular that stands out on that front. And I think emerging quality was like, of, of my topics, my, my favorite. Um, it's one that's important to me. It's one that I would not have thought about doing were it not for a question from uh, Twitter from at WUP242, which I think is really cool. You know, my favorite was not one that I independently conceived of myself. So please do keep sending those uh, topic invites. Um, and, you know, I gave a shout out to two of my uh, favorite ones from Phil, but I also really loved counterfactual thinking. That was a great episode. And, you know, these topics that you introduced were, I think, great ones philosophically. I thought the uh, blind valuations were really cool exercises. And I was in awe of Chris's ability to I mean, I, for me, the challenge was like, what kind of business this is? And he's like, straight to, I know exactly which one that is. And uh, it was cool to see. And it had me think about different ways to think about things, which is, which is obviously uh, fun. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I, I love doing this and I'm really excited for where it goes next. Nice. Yeah. The, the two other ones I want to point out before I forget too, that, that I think are worth revisiting and my, I, I may actually use again as an updated topic. I, I appreciate the mention of counterfactual stuff. I've come across some more really interesting uh, uh, papers and anecdotes and stories uh, related to an, kind of a side project on that. So I might revisit that. I do think that's a really powerful framework for investors that doesn't get enough attention because I think everybody assumed that just because an acquisition worked out, a stock price went up or down, a CEO proved to be a good hire or a bad hire, whatever the case may be, the way that history unfolded tends to be viewed as deterministic 
and kind of a one-way street. And I think that's exactly the wrong way to evaluate decisions that are inherently probabilistic and uncertain at the time you have to make them. So I think it's just an enormously powerful framework that, that people should spend more time on. And it's something I want to spend more time on and learn more about and implement more effectively. And another one that's come up a lot recently, uh, I don't know for better or worse. I mean, we talked at one point, we had an episode about um, the golden age of fraud, which is Jim Chanos's phrase that he uses a lot. And we kind of, at least I sided on the fact that I think this was probably a cyclical phenomenon, having a cyclical upturn as it often does during certain bull market eras. But we kind of decided maybe not the golden era, like the definitive peak of fraud or anything like that. But man, it does seem like there's been a lot of really nefarious nonsense going on in the last year. So one of the episodes that I really like doing a lot was the one January 16th of this year on BS detection or baloney detection, uh, which is just so important. Like I just hardly a day goes by. I mean, literally sometimes hardly a few hours go by without me just shaking my head at somebody that just has suspended all disbelief and is being sold a bill of goods and seems like so happy to go along believing that two plus two equals 17. And if you just you can't go through life that way. And so I think that episode has a lot of uh, has a lot of utility going forward. And then I'm also really grateful for Elliot's uh, kind of going down the path of uncertainty versus risk and the whole you know thing that that kicked off, which was really kind of a multifaceted exploration of that topic. and And I learned a lot of things there that I thought I knew, but I didn't really understand. Um, and we got some some bona fide experts to chime in on that, which was pretty cool. And then the last one was, you know, the, the emerging manager series we did, um, or not series, but the one-off episode we did um, June 12th, where we all talked about what it was like to start and manage a small fund and the various pitfalls along the way and the things we wish we'd known. And we got a lot of great engagement on that. Um, the the numbers were really encouraging and the personal feedback that I think all three of us got offline was was really nice to see. So I, I hope that serves as an enduring resource for people. And I'm certainly happy to follow up if anybody listens to that later on down the road and has a specific question or something didn't make sense. And that's another one that I think we can continue to reference and, and update and revisit as time goes on. Yeah, I'm glad you gave that one a shout out. How could I forget? I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure that's our most downloaded episode, right? Yeah, I think it could be. I haven't checked the numbers, but yeah, I think it was probably the most uh, the one that resonated the most. That's for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. So, if there are any of those other topics out there where people are like eager to hear um, us cover, you know, definitely let us know. Yeah, and one thing that we did do—you mentioned this a second ago—is I, I made it kind of a. I mentioned some of my resolutions for season two, but some of my resolutions for season one were that. I was I certainly wasn't going to use the podcast just as a, a platform to talk my book. I've always kind of avoided doing that in public for reasons that pertain almost entirely to me. I just don't think it's a good idea for me. I don't think I gain much from it. I like to talk to people about my ideas and have them prove me wrong, but in a little bit different setting where I can more appropriately calibrate the feedback they're giving me. So Another resolution that, but I guess it's something I'm willing to revisit as well. I mean, we talked a little bit about a few things around the edges, and I'm, I'm certainly happy to revisit old ideas and particularly old mistakes. And I think that's something that I should probably do more of on the podcast next season. Uh, but another thing that I stuck to pretty well, um, but maybe could be up for consideration, was not criticizing things too directly. Uh, the only time that I think I really deviated from that was I had some very uh, pointed and negative things to say at various points about Robinhood. 
uh, the the online uh, disguised brokerage, which I don't. So. Yeah, which I don't. Again, I don't regret that at all because I think it's such a nefarious uh, company and bad actor right now in the markets. And but again, I don't want this to turn into like a you know get off my lawn kind of podcast where I just sit here and bemoan all the evils of the world. I don't think that's going to get us very far either. So, um, but those are just some, some kind of thoughts along those lines as to things that I set out to do at the beginning that I'm pretty well stuck to. Yeah, no, I think, I think you absolutely do did. And, you know, it's for the better. And one of the ones I always wonder about is how much to talk about like positions and experience with companies we're looking at, whether it's visiting what's happening in earnings. I mean, part of my problem is I just don't turn things over much. So I don't want to turn talk about everything all the time. Um, but I do think perhaps I could get a little more mix of uh, speaking about some industries I'm looking at, uh, why I find them interesting, and maybe crowdsourcing some independent thoughts in response to, you know, an introduction to a topic. Yeah, that's the that's the key benefit, right? I'm I'd be thrilled to crowdsource some feedback on it. Again, I just personally have a hard time calibrating the response. If somebody tells me, oh, you're you're so dumb, you missed X and Y and Z, I have a hard time deciding how much weight I should put on that response. Whereas if it's somebody that I've gotten to know personally, like you, Elliot, for example, or a couple of other people that I talk to more frequently on a range of topics, I learn what their own strengths and weaknesses are, right? So if a certain investor who's on my own board of advisors comes to me and says, hey, you're missing this because of A and B and C. And I know that A and B and C all fall in their area of expertise and they, they've proven their knowledge in that area and they know me personally and I know them personally. It's just very, very easy to say, oh my goodness, this is something I really need to sit up and pay attention to. Right? If somebody starts spouting off to me with like an opinion that seems valid, but really isn't necessarily based on anything or is based on something they're pushing for the wrong reason, then that can be either a waste of time at best, or can really tie me up in knots at worst, which would, you know, that, that's something I clearly want to avoid. And then, yeah, on the downside, I mean, I, part of why I avoid it so much is I just, the last thing I'd ever want to do is put somebody else in a bad situation where I say, look, I'm, I'm long company XYZ and here are the three or four reasons. And then I proved to be wrong or I changed my mind and it's too late for them to reverse course or they've taken action based on that. And, and that's just not a situation I want to put myself into. I actually got a call um, from somebody else who hosts a, a pretty well-known podcast. And he was kind of debating this same issue where after an episode had come out, he was having second thoughts about one of the guests that he'd had on and some of the securities and companies that were mentioned there. And he didn't want to be put in the position of promoting or endorsing something where he wasn't necessarily fully on board with it and that sort of stuff. And it, it is, it's just a, it's a sticky situation, even with the best of intentions. And I think, I think most people really do have the best of intentions and particularly in this world. So I don't think that's a big problem. It's just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a tricky line to navigate. I'd say the one thing I, uh, the, the good side for us, much like Jeff Bezos says, you get the shareholders you deserve. I think we have the listeners we deserve. And, you know, by and That's large, the point. people I've interacted with are far more focused on learning and hearing and having the communal nature of, you know, what this is, talking through the philosophy and interesting ideas. And people aren't out here looking for a tip. So you know, do your own. No, that's a great point. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I'm kind of open to reconsidering it is, and I think all the credit here goes to John because I think that reflects the ethos of 
the community 100%. of people that that he's built right where it's not like a, a message board for like what are you buying today you know smart guy let's let's make some trades it's more about let's dive into a topic and learn about it and be you know thoughtful longer term investors that are trying to get the best results for reasons that you know deserve good results on their merits and so that that is a reason why I'm willing to consider okay maybe I should be a little more direct and straightforward because this isn't you know CNBC with a bunch of day traders, you know, watching and looking for a tip. Exactly right. I think the average person out there, as far as I can tell, just wants to hear the thought process and breaking a problem down, like what questions we're asking and what uh, frameworks we're using to, you know, come up with our um, conclusions or even lack thereof in certain cases. So, mm-hmm. you know, interesting, fun things could happen out of that. But definitely yeah. can't be an every episode thing because that could change the nature of who who this great audience is. Right. No, that's fair. Yeah, I think the um, kind of evergreen nature of a lot of the topics we cover is is really great because you know you don't necessarily notice it with one episode, but now that we've done a season, there's a lot of ground we've covered. You guys have shared so much wisdom. Um, that's based on, you know, a ton of work that each of you has done. It's also based on your own experience as investors. And uh, it's just such a treasure trove for uh, folks to be able to go back and listen to to the these episodes and, and learn about uh, all the topics you guys just mentioned. And, uh, you know, echoing uh, what both of you said on that Emerging Manager episode that uh, was a topic that came in. Uh, where we actually spent almost two hours delving into a single topic, um, it resonated so well that I think we uh, will consider, you know, doing more episodes like that um, that are single topic, going really deep, and having basically a reference um, piece of content for anyone interested in that topic. Uh, so that's definitely, you know, something that I think will remain our focus. Um, so maybe the, you know, the name of the podcast is a little bit of a misnomer in that sense. Uh, this week in intelligent investing, it's really always and forever in intelligent investing. So i um, not sure if we'll have to uh, tinker with the name, but uh, I definitely agree with you guys that in terms of the audience that this attracts is exactly the kind of audience that we want to have. But part of what I liked about the name when you came up with it, John, was that it it kind of harkened to the the old days of Wall Street Week and and like the in depth kind of conversations they used to have on there. It really just reflects the cadence of what we're hoping to release, which is roughly one episode a week. So yeah, I I agree though. I think it's it's been great, and uh, hopefully we can keep it going. Yeah, that's right. We will. We will. Right. Um, I'm I'm impressed. A full year. We've hardly missed a week, and. Um, I think a break will be good to kind of synthesize these lessons and then plow ahead from there. Well, on that note, um, I want to thank both of you guys. It's been such a great pleasure to do this uh, with you, Phil and Elliot, and also Chris in the beginning. Um, and I'm just so grateful uh, that that we're able to do this. Um, it's, it's a wonderful way for me to get to know each of you better and also to kind of be in the ears of folks that, um, you know, 
otherwise wouldn't know any of us. I've gotten a lot of great feedback uh, about the podcast in that sense. And so a big thank you to all of our listeners as well. I wish everyone a great summer and we're going to be back uh, for season two. Super excited about it and uh, stay tuned. We're going to have some some new things in store, hopefully a ton of improvements. And I hope everyone will uh, really enjoy a season two as well. Goodbye for now. Thank you for listening to This Week in Intelligent Investing, brought to you exclusively by MOI Global, the research-driven membership organization. Learn more at moiglobal.com.